Hey everyone, welcome back to SMAFCast, I think is what we're rolling with, episode two. This is your main man, Fode, and I am here with, of course, uh, the president of the Sabre Martial Arts Foundation, Master Alan Venable. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. <laughs> and we have from San Diego Sabres, Battlemaster Eric Main and Katie Main. Yo. And from the Penguin Saber Academy, the Emperor of All Imperium himself, Nicholas Richardson. I am here. Yes, he is. I am here. Yes, he is. He's here. Um, and he does not have a port light because they don't exist. So, moving oh into... Oh, my God. You guys have had port lights. <laughs> I'm so... You guys have had, like, really good port lights multiple times. I... Oh. We've, we've ruined him, remember? I derailed us right off the bat. I remember at the restaurant, you guys were like, these are actually good. And you guys, like, admitted you were wrong. And Do you have a recording? Up. Do you have a recording? Cool. I'm sure I can get it from Del Frisco's. I'm sure it's somewhere, Steve, to be honest with you. Steve took pictures. It's in the. It's in or, uh, oh, it's in my photos. But the pictures don't have it explicitly written. Nick. That's how you trigger Nick. That's how you trigger Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so triggered. I haven't had a port light in a year and a half because of this god dang pandemic. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I appreciate that. God dang. That was good. Okay. So <laughs> let's welcome. move into um, what we're going to do tonight. We're going to have probably the most fun we've had in the last two episodes um that's a that's a low bar i know i know <laughs> i said it that low on purpose um, and we're gonna we're gonna watch the tartakovsky clone wars lightsaber duels now if you're not familiar with the tartakovsky clone wars uh they are from 2003 and it's basically um 2D animation, but it's it's got like a very Star Warsy sort of realism to it. Um, that being said, it's also very like like it's cartoony, man. It's Samurai Jack, so I I don't know. So, if you're too young to understand all this stuff, you need to go back and school yourself on good cartoons. I don't know what to tell you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this no longer canon? Oh god. Oh jeez, I don't know. It's not technically no. I feel like it isn't canon. I think it hasn't been canon for a long well into episode three. I think it hasn't been canon for a long time. And to be honest with you, I feel like George Lucas was kind of using it as like a beta test for the uh, eventual Clone Wars CGI series. But right, right. Once that came out, this is no longer. Yeah, and before Disney bought it, though, right? Yeah, correct. This was actually canon. No, 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 no. It no, was no, canon no. Once, adjacent, once, I think, technically. Once the Clone Wars CG came out, this yeah. was no longer yeah, canon. Exactly. Oh, exactly. really? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, to his credit, Dave Filoni tried to maintain as much of the integrity of this series as far as, like, a storytelling perspective. And, like, Asajj Ventress, she came out of comic books and this series specifically. Um so anyway, a lot of the look and feel of the Filoni Clone Wars is is credited to to this series. So it's going to be awesome. The except for Grievous, yeah, except for Grievous. <sighs> we'll get there because it's in it's in this video tonight. So if you're watching the video with us, really quickly, let me just uh, head to the YouTube page: Star Wars Clone Wars. Parentheses, 2003, all lightsaber duels. And the video is 13 minutes and 45 seconds long. I can't see who the channel is. 
Um, but credit to whoever's video this is. We'll get that information at the end of the podcast tonight. Um, yeah, we can put it in the link. So the first duel in here is, I believe, Asajj Ventress and Count Dooku when she first becomes like his acolyte. So mm-hmm. do we want to BS around anymore? Do we just want to dive right into this delicious pie? I would like to eat this pie. Well, we, we've seen so far Asajj actually use force powers in this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she used Certainly. lightsabers too, but against like in like a gladiator setting. Right. So we don't really know where she got those lightsabers. Right, but and they we were green know. and blue actually in that yeah. in that sequence. But in the Clone Wars 3D, we saw where she got those lightsabers. Master Kai Narek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of kind of a cool throwback when they finally I was gonna explained. say that Filoni respect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was basically it. We we do know she's strong in the force, and we do know that she considers herself evil. So fruits of the deep. We'll we'll pause it at the end of the duel and we'll talk some more about all this um you know rollover, but uh we'll give you timestamps as well. Are we ready? Let's hit play. Ready? Yes. Set, yeah. Play. Oh, pho- phone's breaking up a little bit. Uh oh, don't tell me that. You hear me? Oh, everyone's breaking up a little bit. Maybe it's me. Oh, I hear everybody fine. Oh, there we go. All right, so we're at just six seconds now on the dial. She, she's got those blue and green lightsabers. Yeah. Um, I was never really into the whole floating in the air thing. That always uh-huh. kind of bothered me. Dooku literally levitates right before this scene when he first sees her. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does. He levitates down to greet her. Greet is, mm-hmm. a, is a loose term. I love how she uses her lightsabers to activate the force there. Well, I guess activate's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Love it. Well, don't we kind of see Darth Vader do that in um, Empire Strikes Back when he's like throwing all that debris at Luke in Cloud City? Doesn't he kind of use his lightsaber yes. a little bit to direct the, the debris? Yes, 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 he does. And wow. easily done. Oh, that was quick. So wow, that's it. Seconds. We'll pause it right there. We're at 59 seconds, 58 seconds, whatever you are. Um, okay. So, yeah, super quick duel. But I think we talked about this in the last episode. It just shows, like Eric said, the the um, disparity in power between um, Ventress and Dooku. Yeah. Dooku yeah. and most other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> That's it it kind of makes me curious as to why, because in this series he sends Ventress to basically go go mess up Anakin. Uh, and I like, feel like that's her test, like, right? Dooku, why did why why did you do this? Like you know, Anakin's like at least strong as heck. Like why aren't like Dooku didn't do it? Sidious told Dooku to do it. Oh, oh, oh I was missing context. Yeah, the, the scenes before and after this are pretty important. Yeah, yeah most most things that happen to Anakin are a test from the Chancellor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to rewatch this then because I I feel like I'm missing a lot. Of well, I think um, this so was she, kind she of did a good job of using the uh, the terrain, right? Yeah, to yeah. her advantage, which he actually comments on, and he's like, "But you still suck." 
<laughs> well, she did that in the in the intro scene too in the gladiator arena. She's like throwing rubble all around and and right. using you know her speed in the wide open spaces and, and stuff like that. Um, right, and the uh, and directly after that is when Dooku basically says basically says to the hologram of the emperor, you know, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is. Ventress's test now would be to to go assassinate Anakin Skywalker, right? But she's not privy to any of the plans of the Chancellor yet, so she just thinks she's going to go kill him. And we all know that Dooku and the Chancellor know that she is not strong enough to kill him yet, but she's good enough to give him a match, right? And that's that's the thing, too. Ventress's role in this original Clone Wars is not to defeat Anakin or rise up or anything. It's to get him used to getting angry and relying on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. That's a, that's a good little plan. Well, yeah. you'll, you'll see it in the next fight. Like, yeah, planting the seed of yeah. the dark side. This that's is a definitely good, one of my favorite fights. That's a good time. segue. And this is, I think, the longest fight on this reel. But this is going to be... Ventress's first encounter with Anakin Skywalker on Yavin 4, which is the coolest part about the whole thing to me. Um, oh, wait. I know this fight. You actually showed me this fight, babe. This, is, this <laughs> is one of those quintessential <laughs> fights. Like Eric was talking about, we were, we were getting into a fun little uh, chat about Sidious versus Maul and Savage on Mandalore. This is like one of those this sort of... Really- uh, milestone fights I feel like yeah absolutely yeah um, it set a standard for not just like animation and, and Star Wars lightsaber duels but from a storytelling perspective it just it sends the story in such a spiral after this because this is the end of the first hour of the two hour like two part miniseries right so right. this is <clears throat> this is like where it's all going to come to a head anyway and then we really don't see a lot of Ventress until we get to Fulani's Clone Wars. So this this fight milks it. Right. Yeah. This is essentially one of the last major things that happens to Anakin before he's knighted. And this is this where he gets his scar? Is that correct? On his eye? No. You don't no. you don't see it in the original series. He just shows up in one scene and I think it was know, in a comic book, but I think it was yeah. from Ventress, was it not? I thought you were talking about the series, this series specifically. Well, I did this think so, but I, but now that you say mind. that, now that you say that, I think it was actually in a comic book that it happened, if I'm not mistaken. But was it not Ventress's yeah. lightsaber? I don't recall, honestly. Okay, somebody will somebody will fact check us on that when they're listening. Yeah, a simple Google Google search will probably. <laughs> so 59 seconds. I think I think that's a perfect segue. Let's watch this fight. It's going to be yeah. a blast. Ready, go. Let's go. Oh, boy. The cinematography for a 2D show is just so impressive. Well, Tartakovsky, you know, is all about it. You know, if Samurai Jack was any indication, right? Mm-hmm. Just the, uh, the Samurai standoff, first of all, and then two sabers versus one, and 2D animated, too. You can see they the person that that choreographed uh animated this just basically went all right well we gotta do big swings (laughs) big swings yeah it's um 
very fast too though and and the thing i like about it is that it's fast but you can tell what's going on and sometimes you know it's just it's just cartoon sword fighting but um it is very like well thought out like they're not repeating just like hack 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 they have like a a little bit of variation to the target levels they're using high middle low that kind of thing now they're taking the actual fight high middle low which is super cool well, the fact that you know she uses the the environment again shows how how I don't know if thoughtful is a word, but yeah. And this is very... now the third fight out of three where she's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, and the animation so simple. The the Paul Rudish artwork Tarzan, it's so simple yeah. and like almost almost laughably like proportional. You know, but like it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Well, one day we'll be able to uh, lightsaber duel on the set of American Ninja Warrior, and that'd then be we so do cool. <laughs> that'd be so cool. <laughs> that would be insane to watch. So many people, Just, so many things. Yeah. You because know, watching parkour is really fun. Watching parkour with lightsabers is, it would just be insane. It's Steve. I love this fight. This is such a great fight. They take such creative liberties with like how long they can stay in the air and this, that, and the, but it's just so it's like if Jedi and Sith and they really could draw on the force for you, for you Shen lovers. (laughs) If they really could draw on the force, they'd be moving. Oh, I love this part. Cartoonishly fast. (laughs) Wait, the rain's not coming yet. I'm sad. I'm very excited for the rain. All right, (laughs) I live in a desert. The rain doesn't doesn't start until they both like take a pose and stare at each other for. Yeah, they have they have to have the here comes the the mid level standoff. Oh, here we go. Yes, starts sizzling (laughs) off the blade. Yes, it's it's the battle damage that 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 brings the rain. We need more lightsaber rain sizzling in Star Wars. The sizzling is really key. The, like that. Oh, look at that! I mean, if we could have pulled that off at the at the Rise of Phoenix event, yeah. when it did rain when we were fighting, it would have been great. Oh yeah. man, that's so cool! So, for anybody who's like not watching right now, first no, of all, Anakin, what's wrong she has the you? high ground. Second of oh, all, this is why Anakin attacked Obi Wan for the high ground because he's like, "Oh, I could be, I could do this. <laughs> I've done it before." Now we're back into the action. Okay. Ooh, little spinning kick. Uh, this. I'm trying to remember. Is this scene that's similar to the Luke's Dagobah cave? Huh. I feel like this is a little similar. Yeah, this is the longest. Well, caves are a thing. You know what I mean? Like every time there's a cave in Star Wars, there's some sort of trial being had. Yeah. Or a Wampa. Or a space <laughs> slug. Or a Rancor. Yeah. Trials all. Yeah. Especially for that one Rancor trainer. Oh, poor Malakili. Oh, love that. Using the water to get in her face. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, this is, again, him learning how to cheat to win. <laughs> Not rely on his uh, lightsaber skill, really, but to start using the things around him 
I would, I would really like someone to make curved hilts like hers. They're so I thought someone like, did. I thought Saberforge did. They did, did they? but they were gigantic. Like, oh, yeah, no, like a standard that's diameter how hilt. Big they were. Yeah, they were gigantic. That's how round. <coughs> they were. Well, if you have the original, uh, her original sabers from like they were like the replica ones. Yeah, there are kits to convert it to battle ready. Uh, that's true. Uh, <clears throat> Eric's uh, Darth Vader one, I believe. Yeah. I went to Phoenix and it broke. Uh, <coughs> not Phoenix. Palm Springs and it broke. It's nope. It's Palm not where Springs is where everything goes to die. Where did it break? So now um, Anakin's holding a red lightsaber for presumably the first time in his life. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Echoing Luke on Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I love the flashing of his mm-hmm. masters, like judging him. Oh. Yep. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. And down goes Ventress. Yeah. Power stance, nice and wide. Very good. It is an excellent power stance. <laughs> With the roar. Yeah, I also love how throughout the early part of the fight, <laughs> there was a lot of blue on Anakin and red on Ventress. And then when they get to this point, the sun is at this point making, or I guess, moon, planet. That's a, a, planet. That's a moon. No, it's a planet. That's the a planet, planet of Yavin. Yeah. Is giving him the red, and then with right, the red pause it here. it's all fully red. Seven minutes Ugh. and fourteen seconds on the dial. This is going to be okay. Grievous's first appearance. Okay, so let's talk about that duel just a, a little bit. Um, first of all, his battle damage. How did only his shirt underneath get torn completely away? Uh, the trees. It's all mine. I didn't know. He got hit by a bunch of. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but how did he have the over vest area still? No, I think that's an undershirt. Yeah. See, Under- unclear, yeah. unclear. We've got to find out what's canon there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other well, than I that, man. How he got a scar? That was oh, yeah. so cool. Uh, is she one of the first people we've seen with two lightsabers in the Star Wars universe, aside from Anakin and Attack of the Clones? That fought with two lightsabers at yeah, the same time. Yeah, that I can think of. I mean, not like, not counting visually. comic books or 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 yeah, literature. Vi- visually, like in, on on screen. Yeah. yeah, I I think she might be the first. How did Anakin get a scar, Katie? In Legends, Anakin gains a scar from a duel from Asajj. This one in one of the Clone War comics published by Dark Horse. Yeah. Canon. He obtained the scar and the empty space between Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars TV show. So it it's in the never empty shown. space. So they literally said, "There's no said. answer. There's no answer yeah, for wow. this." Pretty much. <coughs> All right. So my headcanon for that is him and Padme had a very romantic night, and it just got a little out of hand. Is that's my headcanon now? God dang it! That is my headcanon. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is that is more than a little out of hand. Bedroom. All right, I'm coughing up a storm, so I'm going to go grab a glass of water before we do the next duel, but you guys can keep discussing. Sure. So, uh, any specific styles that we saw? You know, Anakin definitely using what looks to be Gem So a lot. Like, he is just going after (laughs) Asajj Ventress. And Ventress looks like she's using a Taru, question mark? Because a lot of jumpy stuff. And Nemon, because... Surroundings. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is she's trying to incorporate 
or Makashi into using tool uh, two lightsabers, mm-hmm. which is obviously doable. But with her base style being so aggressive, it's kind of counterintuitive to Makashi as opposed to uh, uh, acrobatics is pretty rare in Makashi. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's more of her natural base instinct. So, you know, if we're if we're watching like a real fight, there's obviously obviously be a conflict there of trying to balance the two or go back and forth between them. Right, being able to also use your uh, right. I'm back. your terrain and your <clears throat> and the the uh, overall battlefield is a very Ataru esque. Um, thing to do as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you saw it, it seemed like a degradation slowly for me watching Anakin go from, you know, the traditional style. He starts with a little bit of sheet show and then he slowly moves into Suresu and then starts to go into some Ataru to counter her Ataru. And then all of a sudden he's like, nope, Gemso. Yeah. He's like, and, oh, what's this? Oh, this tastes like chocolate. Is this the dark side? Nice. <laughs> I think this something tastes like chocolate. I think something interesting to bring up. To you? Something interesting about Asajj Ventures to bring up is that she fights. Um, I want to say that the term like Jarkai uh, probably came from not not the actual word itself, but like giving it a name using two lightsabers giving it a name um probably came from the Asajj Ventress character um and i know that the jarkai like canon stuff um said that they originally were two equal length swords sort of like fighting with a case of rapiers in the real world like right. two full length right. rapiers so Is that what it's called a case of rapiers, right? I think I used the right term for that. Um, and that is kind of way more like, like it's different than the way that like Ahsoka fought with two lightsabers or the way that um, obviously Grievous fought. That's a whole different thing to bring up. But like when we saw uh, Obi-Wan using two lightsabers, is it's all different than when Ventress did it. And Ventress... I think a lot of times when people think two lightsabers, they they immediately in their minds go to like Filipino martial arts, two sticks, that kind of thing. But sure. that that longer blade really does lend itself more to using two like full length swords like that. I don't know. Am I am I making sense here? Um, yes. Yeah. I Absolutely. feel like it's apparent with the way that Ventress fights compared to some of the ways that the other Jarkai practitioners fight. Yeah, she definitely does um, fight a little bit more. Like if we were comparing it to real world martial arts, I guess um, it's a lot less Makashi to me than it is uh, more uh, like double broadsword, like a Chinese broadsword. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Being able to to she has such big swings that it leans more toward like that sort of thing where a lightsaber you can use any edge of the blade she's always coming down with a chopping motion as if she, she does use that stabbing motion though 
some uh, more like a charge, you know, like she'll she'll use yeah. two blades to stab charge, like yes, uh, which is something you would you would do in uh, in Chinese broadsword as well. The, ch- the Chinese broadsword is is uh, basically meant to pierce through uh, a horse. So um, that's fun. Uh, that's Chinese, a fun fact. Uh, attacked by the Mongolians a lot. So they have to figure out ways to take him go. out. There you go. And, we'll, and the Mongolians always just like cut them down on horseback and shoot them with arrows and stuff. So the uh, uh, the Chinese broadsword was meant to do that, and the rattan shield is rounded because they they could actually take the arrows. So they'd have that. They actually had a, created a thing called a horse knife, also known as a pudao, where you could actually take down a horse that's charging because uh, the la- the handle was extra long so you could put your whole body behind it so you would stand there as a horse is charging your buddy would actually hold you with his shield um behind you and brace and you take out a horse with it so hmm it's it's one of those wacky things you learn when you when you start learning a weapon you're like so the guy with this just stood there yeah (laughs) the other guy is behind him holding him up (laughs) moral support yeah it's like uh, learning that a tiger fork like was meant to hunt tigers, and the way you use a tiger fork is you piss off the tiger so it jump at you. You plant the end of the t- the fork in the ground so the tiger would land on the fork. Oh my god! Yeah. So okay. T- tiger fork is not a term I was familiar with. Yeah, it's, tiger it's, fork. I'm looking at the tiger fork. It looks like a giant trident, but it's uh, basically it was meant me. to if a tiger was taken out of village. The guys with the tiger fork would go out. His job was to piss off the tiger enough to where the tiger would jump at him. And then he'd plant this tiger fork in the ground, hopefully not die. Jesus. <laughs> that is, fact, uh, that is a tiger not fork a... restaurant in D.C. The... And it's nice. Chinese. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there's fun little little uh, stories that like that. Dope. When you go, that's how that weapon showed up? Tiger oh, fork. Like, Hey, y'all, this is your main man, Foe. Just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Saber Martial Arts Foundation podcast. I really hope you're enjoying today's show. I also just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor and the official Sabersmith of SMAF, Key Sabers. If you're not familiar with Key Sabers, well, now's the time to get familiar. They offer two flagship combat-grade sabers, the Persuader and the Slayer. The Persuader is a community favorite. It's been around for a while, sits at about 11 inches in hilt length. The blade retention is about three and a half to four inches, which is just ridiculous and super balanced. And the newest Saber model would be the Slayer. Slayer is about 13 inches standard, but you can buy an extender for that to get it out to 16 inches if that's your thing. And really the main feature of every Key Saber is their all-in-one chassis system. The owner, Kyle, designed this chassis to fit the LED, the rechargeable battery, the switch, and if you buy one, the sound card, into this really sleek 3D printed design. Just a couple inches long, fits real snug into the bottom of your hilt, and it won't be rattling around and breaking stuff inside your hilt while you're fighting, which, of course, as a saber martial artist or just somebody who takes their saber fighting kind of seriously... You're really going to appreciate that. And with the switch on the bottom, there's no greeblies on the outside of the hilt to like mess with your grip or cut into your palm or anything like that. 
The best news is SMAF individual affiliates can talk to a board member or members of affiliate schools can talk to your head instructor and earn special pricing off the entire Keysabers lineup. Okay, enough babbling. Go to Keysabers.com, K-I-S-A-B-E-R-S.com and add a real martial arts tool to your toolkit now. Is After Tiger Fork the, the natural transition to General Grievous? I feel like it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's well, like I'm the perfect place. This General Grievous, as a disclaimer, is the General Grievous we all wanted to see. Yeah, he's yes. the he's the Tiger yes. Fork man. Yeah. Uh, so how many I, Jedi are in this? So excited to see General Grievous, and then it was just a letdown. Disappointed. So we have yeah. one, two, three, four Jedi Masters, right? And <laughs> Kiyadi Mundi, Shakti. Uh, Kakruk is the Wifid Jedi on the left. Okay, and then. Uh, is Ayla a master yet, or is she a knight at this point? Who? Ayla Sakura. That's her on Ayla the ground. I'm pretty sure she's a master. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we have Kiyadi Mundi's apprentice and Mr. Shaggy yeah. Doo over there. Shaggy Doo, yeah. man. Shaggy Doo. Poor Shaggy Doo. He's going to get he it. He is just. Wait, it's it's just Shaggy. Yeah, no, shaggy. I, it, it is just Shaggy. Yeah, S H A G dash G I. Are we ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one, seven, fourteen on the dial here. All right. It's cool to see different Jedi or like a alien Jedi. Yeah, predominantly all humans. Yeah. There's a Jedi back in the old Republic comics in like the 90s that looked like a Triceratops. His name was Master Thawn. That was a crazy ass <laughs> Jedi. Yep. I do love how intense Yadi Mundi is in this. Because he's never intense in anything else I've ever seen. He's always like ser- serene. Dude, he kind of sucks in a lot of stuff. Well. Yeah. To be fair, that's the name of his his uh his race are Serenians, or right? Syrian. So Syrians. Dude, that is Shaggy Doo. His blade is even the color of Shaggy Doo's shirt. Yeah. I mean, granted, Kiyadi Moody would be a little bit worried right now, because let's not forget the dude has like multiple wives and he's like one of the last of his kind or something dude, like that. Dude, it's true. He has working. like twelve wives. Yeah. He's one of the few uh few Jedi getting nookie at night, you know? Yeah, but uh, he does have two brains too, so to be to be clear, it is canon that Nookie is not against the Jedi Code. That is for recent canon. No, I think it's yeah. always been canon. Always been really? Only. Yeah. I thought it was recent. Yes. No, attachment is forbidden. Right. <laughs> but wives are five. Oh my god. Wait, so are you saying that like you could find a Jedi at the local Coruscant, like you know, at the yeah. local Coruscant? It was probably Quinlan Vos. <laughs> oh man shaggy run you yeah, don't deserve dude, this poor shaggy he's gonna get it dude <laughs> you don't deserve what's about to happen to you just run I, no I, no I shaggy come back they missed an opportunity here to have a uh a boffin jedi be uh oh man <laughs> oh man many but yes this died. is the this is the grievous that we all wanted to see and never got. 
in yeah. the movie. D- yeah, and he look at the way they it just shine on his face, man. Ugh. Yeah, he's he's Batman, right? He's like evil cyborg. That's exactly Batman. it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And what? What? Like, like it okay, should be stupid and ridiculous, but he's so scary yeah. that it's not. Oh my god! Well, it's the fact that he starts I fighting. I love it. The <laughs> monkey, do, the monkey stance, you know. Yes. Like crazily unnecessary, but I love it. Oh man! And he's like so fast and skinny, but like he makes these gigantic crashes on the walls and things. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so Ooh. so intimidating. Oh. Yep. I I wouldn't want to face him in combat either. Throw stuff at him. I don't know if I think this that is guy. I don't know if the the Grievous and Dooku training sequence is in this one, but the second hour of this Clone Wars, there's a Dooku and Grievous training sequence that echoes the Ventress and Dooku sequence we saw already. And again, you see, you know, Dooku just be like, yawn. <laughs> is that all you got? God, I love how Grievous just manhandles these people. This is so great. He just punched. He dies so many times in different media. And I, then, I just love it. Balancing on the one leg. So, Roro Noro Zoro. Uh, with lightsabers <laughs> so cool <laughs> Kiati Mooney wishing he was with his harem right now yep like it's hard to go oh this martial art that martial art when it's the Clone Wars like this but you can definitely tell there's like that that Paul Rudish and the animators really watched like a whole lot of like, oh hey look there it is. Kung Fu movies and stuff, you know. Oh, there it is. Yeah, let's just wa- watch right through this duel. Yeah. It, it transition ah, to right hand to left hand for Dooku. Just minimal motion. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're doing a lot of flips and stuff. Ooh. You still can't hit me. <laughs> Uses his leg against yep. him. Oh, this is so great. Yeah, for anybody that's curious, we, we just kept watching. We're still at 12.05. <laughs> Dooku yeah. and Grievous here. You're like, oh, you got another one, huh? I will pause mm-hmm. it after this one, but yeah. Like a scolding. Like, he's... Gi- All right, we'll pause right there. We're at 1220. Uh, like, he's giving him a scolding. An 80-something-year-old, like, old bat, <laughs> like, giving a scolding to, like, the most creepy monkey cyborg ever. I love it. It what a great character that they didn't follow through on in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah. I don't know. There was like a glimmer of it like in that Grievous. episode Lair of Grievous where Kit Fisto and his apprentice go to was, Grievous's like cool. actual crib and and mm-hmm. he like fights him several times and I just thought, yeah, that was like a glimmer of, oh, this could be this could be the Grievous that we remember from Tartakovsky, but not the case, not the case. It's the uh, I keep on saying it's the Grievous we wanted to see, and we had chances even in Clone Wars to see, but never got as well. Yeah, uh, 
even though he there were there were a couple of grievous lightsaber duels, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And there were some good ones too. It wasn't like But they weren't as insane as that one. And he right? just was, he was like not as like he wasn't like that scary all the time, you know? Like in right. this he's he he's hardly says anything. He's very, very fast, very, very deadly. And you just don't get that in the Filoni Clone Wars. It's almost like he's a Sesame Street character to me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like comic relief. He well, is. I, I, yeah, he's like another Jar Jar like, almost. Yeah, I feel like in uh, <laughs> in in the that version of Clone Wars, there were a lot more restrictions uh, placed upon the animators and the writers. Whereas they're like, yeah, sure, uh, Genji Tarkovsky, however you say your name, go ahead and just do whatever. Just uh, make sure it ends here. And they're like, okay, we'll make this guy who's the general of the droid army really scary. And then maybe they saw it and went, oh, that's too much. (laughs) Well, there's probably something to that because this stuff was – even the Filoni Clone Wars originally – was airing like right before Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. So mm-hmm. um, it was definitely at that time slot where they could push the boundary a little bit with the action. Um, mm-hmm. Samurai Jack already was pushing the boundaries with the action. Samurai Jack got away with it because it wasn't bloody. It was oil. He was fighting robots all the time like the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. So, but but they were they were – slice and dyson and samurai jack as for years before this came out so. and this is the one of the first times we actually see somebody just take out multiple jedi and oh my gosh yes yeah yeah and this is pre-revenge of the sith too so uh you know full disclosure this was the original lead-in to revenge of the sith like direct lead-in at the end of this right. series they show the battle of coruscant just like in the movie. So yeah, before even Sidious just nuked uh, those Jedi masters in his office, Grievous was nuking Jedi masters. Yep. Yep. Which brings us to Grievous and his bodyguards versus shock T and a bunch of other Jedi bulls roar, I think is one of them. Um, Yeah. So this is a crazy fight. And it's just like a little over a minute, I think. But um, his bodyguards were always more fascinating to me than he was. The Magna Guards. Magna Guards, that's the name. I couldn't remember the name. Yeah. I think the Electro Staff thing was a cool anti-Jedi weapon, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, we got robbed of that that scene. Obi-Wan was supposed to fight them right before he fought Dooku. Well, Obi-Wan is just too good no, at lightsabers. That's the problem. Obi-Wan's too damn good at lightsabers. He just cuts things down right away. Well, the they yeah. had this whole thing choreographed out where he would fight two Magna Guards. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Grievous would jump in. Yeah. But uh, George said, uh, we're out of time. It's still in the video <laughs> game that came out on PlayStation yeah. 2. Nice. Yeah. You have to see him fight them at the beginning of the movie, though. That's, That's true. true. That's yeah, true. but he cuts them down so quick. It's so dope. I, I it almost makes me appreciate like that he cuts them. I want him to fight them for a long period of time, but at the same time, I'm like, well, he's the master of Sarasu, so like, 
Yeah. Sucks to be a Magna guard. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. right. You're pretty much, you're, you're losing that from the get go. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do it. 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that guy's carrying Palpatine. Uh Oh, yeah. I feel like Palpatine's just chilling. He's having a good time. He's like, yes, my plan is coming in order. I like the use of the train cars, too. Grievous doesn't know he's he's Sidious, right? Right. I don't think Grievous ever knew he was Sidious. I don't think so, either. (laughs) Like, only Dooku did. That's so clever. Which is why Grievous captured him in the first place. Yeah. But didn't Dooku tell him to capture him? It's all craziness. Yeah. The mastery of Darth Sidious. The mental mastery. uh, (laughs) The High Chancellor is all all about it. And Shock T just using the Force just to remove the obstacle, right? That's why he's a master. That would be your what? Your Form Zero? Is that form zero? (laughs) I would definitely say form zero. Also, jumping out the window like that would be form zero. (laughs) So now we're in the dark. Night vision Grievous is even more terrifying. And Sidious getting all Sithy in the shadows there. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. Nope. Mm, Judging. That's my judging face. (laughs) And this is the first time we see the four arms. Although I will say, I think I liked the monkey kung fu better. Right. See, I don't get why Grievous never used his four arms like ever to his advantage at any point in the new series or anything. And that's the end. Like, I love how he uses those two to hold, and then he detaches the others to just like try and go for the kill. Like, why did he do that more often? That's such an ace in the hole. Well, I think when he first shows up in that in that fight we watched, uh, the third fight we watched there, um, I think that they didn't know that the character was gonna have four arms yet. Oh, that that would make sense why he does all that monkey stuff. Yeah, because yeah. he was kind of like a teaser character until that episode. And then I think after that, th- that last fight we just watched, that was like a year after this. You know, like there was like a year of, of time between when they released on TV. And I think that obviously they had some new intel on the character by that point. So they, huh. I think they had um, like a wall of concept art, right? Right. Yeah. Kind of like the Lego and sets. Like, do, okay. You, know? you can use this, this and this. Yeah. Okay. And then when they came back for the next season, right? Cause it wasn't two, two big, two parts. Yeah. They, they were like, he has four arms. <laughs> you know, they look back on the, yeah. the concept art. Oh yeah. We decided he has four arms now. But like, it, okay. it doesn't really hurt the character or the story to, to see the two versions in this specific animation style. But I think, um, like we keep saying, to to see him in the Filoni and not see any glimmer of this Grievous kind of mm-hmm. bothers me. You know, like, both versions of this Grievous, Monkey Kung Fu and Forearm Grievous, are super, super cool. And... They do the whole overkill thing without being overkill, you know. Like I don't feel yeah, like they, he's just super powered. I just feel like he's. It's an old. Uh, it's an old horror movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you don't see what the monster does. Your mind fills in the the the, exactly. the details for you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You see the the uh, expression of the person witnessing it, and you you go, okay, well, obviously something real bad happened there. Real bad. 
Well, that was yeah, a but... that was a fun uh, video. I think a lot more like, or I'm sorry, a lot less to unpack from a Marshall standpoint, obviously in 2D, but mm-hmm. still very like. Um, I think a lot of people got into taking their master replica sabers and starting to duel as a result of watching this kind of cartoon, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it gets you, it gets you excited. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. yeah. That's really and it feels yeah, like yeah. star Wars, you know, like yes. people are doing fantastic things and because it's a cartoon, they can do even more fantastically, but it, it really does feel like star Wars stuff, which, you know, I'm a big starfighter freak. So, the the dog fights in this series were also ridiculous and off the wall, but all like well choreographed and well animated. And it just goes to show, like when you do a little bit of homework, how much like more quality you can get out of something. True, I mean that's that's the beauty of Star Wars, right? There's a little bit for everybody. Yeah, for and the there's that, that touch to the real world, you know. Yeah, and. To, to its detriment, that's that's a big part of why there's so much criticism about it, too. Sure, sure. Is because they're like, but it's space. Right, right. Yeah, Star Wars, and it has the Force, you idiots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, bomber, that bomber wouldn't work like that because it's space. It's like, it's Star Wars. I, those well, arguments drive me nuts. There's no sound in space. Oh, God. Yeah, good arguments are the one revolving around the stuff that actually breaks the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When when you can't enjoy the sound of Django Fett's laser cannons, then I don't. I can't help you with your life. <laughs> right. I can't help you. With your life. <laughs> well, there there are shows and movies out there for you if that's what you're into. If, if you want to do that, like uh, watching The Expanse, right? They, oh, they it's a great like show. It as as uh physics physics possible <laughs> they actually obey the laws of physics they do crazy things like oh hey if a bullet actually hits your spaceship it'll go all the way through your spaceship who would have <laughs> flipping thought <laughs> for a good franchise it doesn't have to obey the laws of physics it has to obey the laws of its own universe exactly. that's exactly and it's 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 a wonderful and beautiful thing to to see and and watch uh stuff like that and whatever you're into right so like i love star trek uh a lot of it is you know is really cool and visual visually but like one of my teachers was like they're in space right yeah yeah why do the ships always meet upright like wouldn't they be you know (laughs) Like, it's a freaking movie. Yeah, I'm like, enjoy it. <laughs> you, the the simple boring. answer is stabilizers. Everybody should know this. <laughs> Everybody should know this. <laughs> <laughs> they have phasers. It's cool. I've, they got Vulcan. Stuff. I remember, Vulcan. like, they used to they used to put like maybe maybe it was just like a, a character, like a dramatis personae. But I feel yeah. like they used to also put like a little glossary of terms at the back of Star Wars books in the early '90s and stuff, like like stabilizer and hyperspace and stuff. But maybe I'm just imagining this. They should have though. I feel like that should be books, at the back I of like fantasy books having that. I, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where I'm getting this idea from. But it would be a good uh, idea for people newly into Star Wars though, like little thing. You don't have to be like 
super descriptive, but like when right. you like when you you hear the word like stabilizer, like what? Right. You'd be like, keep starships well, the way they well, want to be. Eric's point, right? You just have to obey the laws of your universe. So, yeah, the Millennium Falcon can go that many parsecs. That's that's fast. The amount of distance is fast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. This is speed, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of like, oh yeah. Yeah, no nobody knew. Like until somebody said something, I was like, okay, cool. Parsecs means fast. Yeah. <laughs> Summer is just around the corner, and this year, SMAF affiliate school Saber Light Knights is putting on the Saber Light Summer Open. Join them at the Laughing Dragon Kung Fu School in Charlottesville, Virginia, on July 10th, 2021, at 9 a.m. for a two-division tournament, including the Adult Standard Saber Division and the Adult Special Saber or Exotics Division. Saber Light Knights have been a proud SMAF affiliate school since 2019, and we are more than thrilled to support their events. The Saberlight Summer Open is also going to feature a massive prize pool, over $1,000 in merchandise from some of your favorite companies like Key Sabers, Smokey's Armory, Mando Core Customs, Wrath Sabers, Far Far Away Outfitters, and Kaizen Saber. If you want to register for the Saberlight Summer Open, please visit the Eventbrite link in the show notes or go to eventbrite.com and search for Saberlight Summer Open. Registration is $20 to $30, depending on if you're doing one event or two. And all of the tournament requirements and rules can be found on SaberLightNights.com. That's SaberLightNights with a K, dot com. Kind of cool that there's a, a thing as ducks in space. Oh, know? yeah, that's right. We're sitting ducks. Like, oh, oh I love space ducks. In space, too. You know, that's funny that you say that in the, in the George Lucas novelization – I believe there's a conversation between Ben Kenobi and Luke. Notice how I said Ben Kenobi because we're talking about on Tatooine, obviously, where uh, Kenobi says something to him about a duck, and Luke looks at him and goes, what's a duck, Ben? And I think it was just supposed to be a joke about living on a desert planet, but then I think it's become like like an underground like Star Wars joke about, you know, why is there a duck in Star Wars? The duck thing. I I, I want to know now where I got that from. I think it's either in the screenplay or the novelization or maybe both. Um, I think it was when like it was still called like from the adventures of Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Or Luke Starkiller, right? Um, so anyway. Chronicles of the Wills or whatever. Oh my gosh. Yes. From the journals of the Wills. Yeah. So the, these they're mentioned Last in the 1977 two ep- novelization of oh, episode four, A New Hope, written by Alan Dean Foster. Who also wrote Alan Splinter of the Foster. Mind's Eye, right? Splinter, Yeah, the first ever expanded universe novel. Yeah, that was immediately written out of canon once Empire came uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, you yeah. can see the ducks in episode one, The Phantom Menace. Yes, you can those. on Naboo. There's ducks. Yes. Well, yes, when they come up from the uh, from the center of, the earth, center of Naboo. Yep. So one of the captains actually says, we're sitting ducks out here. I (laughs) think look at that. Captain Quarsh Panaka. Quarsh. What a, what a name. Uh, Captain Panaka. Anyway. (laughs) Um, 
that's from the planet that gave you Sheev as well. That's true. Oh my gosh! I hope I have two sons so I could name one Sheev. And like the oh my god! And like the completely the completely racist Naboo. Like uh, I saw a meme recently, and I'm not really one to get involved in all of this uh, 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 stuff going on, but I will say that this meme got me got me giggling. It was um, it was that scene where. Padme's on the the Naboo cruiser and they're heading back and and she's like messing with the droids and whatever and Jar Jar comes around the corner peeking at her and uh, she's like you're a Gungan aren't you and he's like in, in the meme it's like of course I have you racist you know what I mean <laughs> like, I'm literally the only other sentient creature on your whole planet of which you are the queen like <laughs> of which you are the queen. <laughs> I think oh. Dolly's keeping Eric's legs warm. That's why she's not in here. So anyway, we haven't gotten too, too crazy into the actual martial arts stuff yet in these last two episodes, but that's definitely going to be coming. And I think these first two episodes were just a way for us to kind of introduce our personalities to you. And I think um, we're going to be having a lot of fun interviewing people from the heads of the affiliate schools of the Sabre Martial Arts Foundation. We're going to be talking to um saber smiths and i think we're also going to be expanding some of our interviews to people who aren't necessarily into saber martial arts but just other martial arts professionals and and practitioners as well which will be fun um so i don't know do we have anything we want to do before we we give our pitches and our wrap-ups Nah, I'm I'm good. Other than the fact that there is also a canon and legends tab for ducks, that's that's all I got to contribute. Oh my gosh, there's two two divisions to it. That's cracking. Nick, your job is now you have to give us random facts about the ducks. Okay, um, I got you. Hold on a second. Uh, Obi Wan said to Luke Skywalker, "Still, even a duck has to be taught to swim." Luke then responds, "What is a duck?" Ah, there we go. (laughs) Save the rest for save save the rest. Okay, I'll, all right, I'm, I'll hit you with a random duck fact for the next couple episodes. I'm ready. All right. I'm so ready. Quarsh will be with me. Quarsh will be with you. Quarsh <laughs> Panaka. What a name. So, Quarsh, That's the sound that ducks make on that boo. Quarsh, Quarsh. Quarsh, Sheev, Padme. <laughs> what names? What names? Uh, um, Padme, Sheev, Quarsh. Oh, oh, who's that? Who's that one guy that was like... Uh, C.O. Bibble. Bibble, yes. C.O. Bibble. We got the Bibble from them, too. Oh, my gosh. Saber Martial Arts Thought Life. Go check it out if you haven't yet. Um, we have a new post. I was going to say, we now have some fun partnerships going on. So um, check out Saber Martial Arts Thought Life for that new post. And we'll be doing an episode with that gentleman from that new post uh, coming up in the next week or two here. And, um, by the time everybody's hearing this, it might even be, might even be published in our library. So, um, let's see who's given the first pitch. Saber martial arts at life, Phoenix There you That's go. <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, penguin saber Academy, and then Saber martial arts life. There you go. <laughs> All right. SDS, you can find on saber martial arts life, San Diego sabers life. You can find them on YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, and of the like. I believe also Twitter, but it's probably the easiest to find all the sub or their media sites if you just go to the main website where you can find all of us. And if you need 
anything um, regarding getting started or continuing your training in Saber Martial Arts, uh, sabermartialarts.life, or you can email sabermaoutreach at gmail.com. And um, yeah, if you haven't gotten in contact with anybody or if there's nobody local to you doing this stuff let us know shoot us an email shoot us a message on facebook and fill out an application and we can get you in touch with an instructor who can help you online or potentially in person depending on on geographically where you're located so take advantage of the resource we want to help saber martial arts life bring your own saber bring your own saber let's go Oh, yeah. B-Y-O-S. <laughs>